Welcome to Come Follow Me Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode 10 of season 2. This week we are studying Matthew chapter 8, Mark chapters 2 through 4, and Luke chapter 7. And it really thrills me to read these chapters um, and the New Testament in general, especially the Gospels. In my opinion, the highlight of the entire existence of the earth to this point was when Jesus Christ walked among his brothers and sisters. And it's only going to be eclipsed by his second coming when he returns to rule and reign forever. And I, I think it's exciting that we're preparing for that coming. Uh, in this, uh, in these chapters, there are a bunch of great stories in here, uh, stories of the, uh, the Savior teaching and healing, and just evidence of his abundant compassion for us. And we'll talk in a bit about one of my favorite New Testament stories that has a mental health application. But first, I want to discuss a principle taught by Jesus that can help us understand the process of change. So in addition to doing miracles, uh, Jesus taught a lot of new doctrine during his ministry. Uh, he came to fulfill the law of Moses, and he did, and he instituted a higher law, and we're now living that law. And that law is continually being revealed to us by his living prophets. And he talked about this in Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 21. It says, No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, Either the new piece that filled it up taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles. Either the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred, but new wine must be put into new bottles. Now the bottles referred to in the New Testament were actually leather pouches. They were made from the skins of animals. And if you've ever uh, dealt with leather over time, you realize that it, as it gets older, it gets more brittle and um, due to the aging process. And so when they had these old bottles or these old bags, if they put new wine into them, it would often cause these bags to rupture. Uh, so the, the old wine was okay in the old bottles or in the old bags, but new wine had to be put into new bags or new bottles in order for the, the bag to maintain its integrity. Now, he wasn't just talking about wine and bottles or bags. He was referring to his teachings and how new teachings required a new frame of mind to receive them. So he's saying it wasn't going to work for these scribes and Pharisees to kind of maintain all their old ways and then try to shoehorn Jesus's new teachings into their old patterns of thinking and behavior. The people that heard and listened to him needed to create a new internal framework to receive those changes and adopt them. Uh, in other words, there was more change needed than simply hearing the new doctrine. The people had to change their minds and change their hearts as well uh, to be able to understand and apply the new teachings. Now, this is about as clear a mental health application as I've seen yet in Scripture. And I've witnessed it thousands and thousands of times as I've worked with as many clients throughout my career. Substantial changes to our mental health begin with learning new things and adopting them in our lives. If we try to take a single new thought and put it into a rigid, unchanging cognitive system, it's not likely to survive. It reminds me of uh, the many clients I've worked with that have issues with substance abuse. And so many times they have, um, have had you know, varying degrees of success in remaining clean and sober, 
but many times they'll fall off the wagon, so to speak, and they'll go back to their old habits. And as I've talked with those who have been uh, had long-term success, they say almost always say the same thing. They had to change almost everything in their lives. They had to change their social group. They had to change their friends. They had sometimes they even changed where they lived. They went and moved to a different place. They had to change their daily habits and patterns. They truly had to create new bottles to capture the the new liquid of sober living. And, and as I was preparing this, I do realize the irony of talking about new wine and new bottles when talking about substance abuse. Um, but you get the picture. So, so these people made these kind of large wholesale changes in their lives, which enabled their long-term sobriety. Now, some of you might be asking, well, Dr. Morgan, how am I supposed to change my entire life? I've even heard you say before that small goals are the best ones. So are you telling me I need to go move to change my mental health? Are you telling me I need to change all my friends? I thought friends were important. Let me try to explain. Um, I do believe it's true that we need uh, long-term changes in order to change our mental health. But what I, but also what I'm saying is that over time, um, these things happen little by little. And what's most important is not so much the process of the change, but understanding the need for the change. Um, if you want 100% change in your mental health, but are only willing to change 5% of what you do on a daily basis, you're probably going to be disappointed. So I'm not suggesting, again, that we have to change everything in our lives. What I am saying is that uh, mental health improvement requires significant change. And, and you're going to have to say to yourselves, I'm willing to change a lot of the things that I do or a lot of the ways that I think. And if you're willing to make those changes, then as, the, as you try to implement the new ideas, you'll find those new patterns and new things that'll help you. And generally speaking, it's better than it was before. So even though we do have to make some changes or maybe even large changes over time, those changes result in overall improvement. So basically we're just creating new bottles for our new wine. Uh, now let's talk about one of my favorite stories regarding anxiety management. It's in Mark chapter four. It's also in several other gospels, starting in verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was on the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, I discussed this account in greater detail in the first chapter of my anxiety management book. It's called Peace Be Unto You. We'll discuss it just briefly here. So how could two sets of people having the exact same physical input have such a dramatic difference in their emotional output? The disciples were panicked and fearing for their lives, and the Savior was asleep. Yet they were both in the same, they were all in the same boat. The winds were the same, the waves were the same, the potential threat of death was the same for both groups. One group begged for help, and yet the Savior rested. This is a classic example of the power of our thoughts and how they fuel our emotions. The disciples likely thought, We are going to die in this storm, and that thought rightly brings on much fear. And the Savior likely thought, I have power over the elements. I'm not going to die in this storm. And those thoughts rightly bring peace. So which thinking was accurate? The Savior's thinking was accurate. 
um, because the disciples had they truly known the Savior's power and their collective mission, they would have realized that they were not going to drown. In order to change our mental health, we need to change the way we think about things. Not only that, we need to make sure that the things that we are thinking are correct, that they are aligned with true principles. That new thinking is the new wine that needs to be in the new bottles. Improved mental health requires, requires wholesale change, little by little, leaving old ways of thinking behind and replacing with newer, more correct thoughts. Now, if you're new to this podcast, I always end with an invitation to act. And here's just a reminder about these weekly invitations. Don't try to do all of them. Uh, just pick the ones that you think would be best for you in your particular situation. And I invite you to give some prayerful thought to that because the Holy Ghost will direct you in terms of what changes you need to make. So here's this week's invitation. I want you just to write down a thought that you have that leads to anxiety, depression, or some other negative emotion. Then I want you to think about whether that thought is true or not. Chances are there will be elements of that thought that are not true. And then just write down a more accurate version of that thought. For example, if someone thinks that they are, quote, always a failure, and that's their thought, they could replace that thought with something like, sometimes I fail and sometimes I succeed. I do have free worksheets that you can download to help you remember and implement this week's and former week's invitations. To find out how to get these, just sign up for my email newsletter, and you can find that link in the show notes. And I also invite you to please subscribe to the podcast so you can access new episodes each week. And please share this with anyone um, with whom you think it might be helpful. I also have a free anxiety management course I've developed. I'd love to get you a copy of that. And you can find more information about in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.drdavidtmorgan.com. Thank you.